<laughs> the Hoop Genius Podcast presents by NBA 2K22. I am Mo Mootsy. Real name, no gimmicks. BJ Armstrong in the building. Tonight, the Boston Celtics, the greatest franchise in the history of sports, have swept away the Brooklyn Nets. The team uh... that was dubbed a super team. The what people this week were calling most skilled duo of all time. The team who I was assured by people out there would win this series with ease because they've got two guys who have hashtag bag because they got hezzy moves and crossovers. They ain't got no damn defense. Boston Celtics prevail four games like work. BJ, I want to know what you have to say about this. As someone who told me it would be Nets in seven, I want to know what you have to say oh, to me oh, before I talk my day. talk. No, oh, you talk to me, This BJ. is your day. You talk oh, to oh, me right I got, now. I got nothing to say. Hey. Mo, Mo, you know what? You got to take, you know, you, you talk your talk. I told you what I thought. And now I got to take it. So, Mo, the stage is yours. Where do we the begin? The bike is hot. Where do we hey, begin? Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah, hey, it's the floor is yours, Mo. I got to oh. take it. I, I got to oh, take it. You oh, know, man. you picked the Celtics. Celtics brought the noise. And, you know, and I'm going to say this. I respect the fact that how they closed the series out and they did what they had to do. They didn't mess around. What's the hardest and game to play, B? You know, this team. What's the, the hardest, hardest game, game to play? To win, the hardest game to play, the hardest game to win is a closeout game. So mm. give those guys credit because of the following. They are in New York City. They did not get content or they were not satisfied with coming there and winning one game. So that lets me know this team is mature, their experience, their focus, and they're ready to go. So mm. clearly after game three, they went back, got their rest, got their food, got off their legs, and came there and took care of business. I got nothing else to say because now the Boston Celtics have my attention. <laughs> they have my attention. So let's just they recap. They have my attention. This game tonight on the road, closing out a series in game four. We've seen teams across the playoffs struggle with closeout games. We're going to talk about the Sixers in a minute. Don't get me started on the Philadelphia 76ers trying to close out their series. That's But you see teams struggle. Golden State couldn't close out the Denver Nuggets. The Boston Celtics were in Brooklyn, okay, and the fans were getting on to me on the timeline because I said Brooklyn might be able to steal one tonight if KD goes off. And someone said, what do you mean steal one? They're at home. I said, no, my brother. That arena is 50% Celtics fans. Before the game, the first quarter tipped off. I seen the Nets report talking about, oh, the stadium's not even packed out yet. Oh, half the arena's filled with Celtics fans. You're in your home arena in Brooklyn. Jason Tatum's getting MVP chance. The game tips off and Kyrie Irving's getting booed in his home arena. Now we got to talk about the basketball side. Kyrie Irving, should we begin there? Is that where we want to begin, Kevin Durant? Okay, first of all, let, I'm going to just say this begin right then. now. Begin. We can begin. Where, where do you want me to begin, PJ? Because we've got to talk about everyone. Kyrie Irving. Let's we're begin with, with Kyrie, Kyrie Irving. Irving. Okay, we're going to start with Kyrie. Okay, and what stood out to me is a tweet that I sent to BJ immediately after the game. And I sent it to him with what two words. I said, no way. I didn't believe when I read this quote that he had just said this. Kyrie says he plans to re-sign with the Nets. Okay, well, first of all, he said he'd re-sign with the Celtics and we saw how that happened. But then the quote that killed me was this. When I say I'm here with Kev, as in Kevin Durant, I think that really entails us managing this franchise together alongside Joe and Sean. Huh? 
Did you not read the quote, BJ? BJ, add my text. Wow. Oh, I read it. I, I, wow. I, 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 it just. It's just it's just hard for me to hear. Do you know, it's, it's do you know who Joe it. is? Wow. When he says Joe and Sean, Sean Marks, the general manager, Joe yeah. being Joseph yeah. C. Yeah. Sai, yeah. the owner of owner. the Brooklyn yeah. Nets, one of the richest people in the world. And Kyrie saying, we will manage this franchise together. We, me, the guy who didn't turn up for half the games this season. Okay. And the guy who had a stinker in the elimination game because Katie showed up today. KD got his. I didn't see Kyrie Irving, though. I've seen him score one or two layups. Okay, cool, fancy. I didn't see him step up and be that superstar. The one they talking about, the most skilled of all time. I didn't see that. And what else I didn't see? I didn't see no damn defense, Mr. Kyrie Irving. And he talks about, oh, the team's not had time to mesh. Well, guess what, Kyrie? The Boston Celtics added seven new players at the trade deadline. Seven. It's a 15-man roster. That's almost 50% of the team was new. And guess what? They seem to have messed pretty well. You say you haven't had enough time to get acclimatized together. Whose fault is that? Huh? Who's, I wonder who was the player that was missing. Now, do your thing. The vaccine thing, I'm not going to comment on that. That's not my place to speak on it. But don't use that as your excuse that you haven't had time to gel because that's your own doing. Okay? Gary Irving, clearly. No, when I read that, it didn't mm. hit... As much as when I heard you say it, mm-hmm. it's wild, right? We are. No, here. It, it's unbelievable. I, I, I've yeah. never heard. I, I can you imagine, B? Can you imagine coming out after a game, losing in the first round, getting swept? You being on the balls and saying, "Oh, oh, yeah, me and Jerry, we're gonna figure this out." And who is the only, two Jerry's, right? Jerry Reinstall, the mm-hmm. owner of the balls. Mm-hmm. Me, Jerry, and Jerry are gonna. We're in this together. We're gonna figure this out on a first name basis. On a first, I, th- I think that's disrespectful. Now, I don't know their relationship. Maybe they're comfortable like that. I think that's crazy. I think, I didn't hear LeBron come out and say, oh, me, Rob and Jeannie, we're going to figure this out together. I think he would have had a little bit more respect for the owner of the team and for the general manager, you know, because Kyrie Irving, let's talk about your basketball decisions. If you want to figure out building a roster, you are the one player in human history who wanted to leave LeBron James at his peak. Every other player inside the association, I promise you, wants to play with LeBron James because he makes everyone better. He gets everyone paid. You see the guys, Timothy Moskov, got paid after playing with LeBron. Tristan Thompson got paid after playing with LeBron. Kyrie Irving couldn't win a damn thing in Cleveland until LeBron James came back. LeBron takes him to the finals, gets him that championship. I've never seen one shot elevate a player's career so much as... Kyrie Irving hitting that one shot in the finals because without LeBron James, tell me a meaningful playoff series that Kyrie Irving has won. He ain't won one. The Boston Celtics made that run after he went out. When he did play, remember the series against Milwaukee where he said, I'll guard Giannis and he got cooked. Then he went, what was it? Seven from 22 from the field. He said, I ain't going to have a night like that again. And the next game he goes six from 22. I'm not seeing Kyrie having win a meaningful playoff series without LeBron James. So he decided to leave LeBron James in his peak, go to the Boston Celtics, leave this young core, which you're now seeing flourish. Okay. And now he's teamed up with Katie and the Brooklyn Nets. And you've got to realize that there's more to building a team than just accumulating stars. Are we going to go trade for James Harden? That's fantastic. Well, look at the guy you traded. Jared Allen is an all-star difference maker. Turn the Cleveland Cavaliers season around. Look at Karis LeVert. He's making a difference. So I don't know if I was the owner of the Brooklyn Nets or the general manager, if I'd take team building tips off this guy who clearly 
doesn't know what it takes to build a championship team. That's Kyrie Irving. Now, Kevin Durant finally woke up in this game. Friendly whistle from the referees. They got Jason Tatum out of there in the fourth quarter. The entire Celtics team was in foul trouble. I really thought the Nets should have won this game. KD, for the first three games in the series, I've never seen KD play like this. And all credit to the Celtics defense. But BJ, I think it's about time that we tell the people the truth. Mm-hmm. Jason Tatum right now is better than Kevin Durant. And I don't think that's a hot take. Mm. He locked him up on defense and he sourced him mm. up on offense. Now we can go on reputation and what you did 10 years ago, five years ago, mm. cool, whatever. Right now, this second, mm. Jason Tatum is better than Kevin Durant. Right mm. this second, Jason Tatum has entered the superstar echelon. Because if mm. Kevin Durant was a player by any other name who didn't have his reputation, he wouldn't be spoken about as he is right now. I think he's getting off lightly because, oh, Kevin Durant can score on anyone. Kevin Durant's seven foot. He can shoot over anyone. Then why Jason Tatum blocking his shots? Why has Jason Tatum got him in clamps every time he catches the ball, knocking it away from him, making him turn the ball over? You see, BJ, when we did that show on Sky before game one, I did the breakdown on the screen. I said, the key to winning this series is getting Kevin Durant to turn the ball over, not letting him get to his spots. And that's exactly what the Boston Celtics came and executed. Now, I'm not saying I spoke to the Celtics and told him the game plan. I just think it was common sense. But if it is that common sense and it's that easy, then uh, why doesn't everyone do it? So we've got to give some credit to the Boston Celtics defense, in particular, Jason Tatum. How often do you see a team's best player lock in like that on the defensive end? A true two-way superstar. He gave KD fits in this series. Not enough can be said about him, mm. but it's not just Jason Tatum. It's every player, except for Peyton Pritchard, every player on the Celtics roster took a turn at guarding Kevin Durant. Al Horford moved his feet quick enough at his age, Uncle Al, to stay in front of KD. Daniel Tice managed to hold it down to a decent level. I don't know Bruce Brown coming out and talking about, oh, we're just going to attack Horford and Tice. How did that work out for you, Bruce Brown? You know, Jalen Brown did a great job. Marcus Smart, as always, did a great job. The entire Celtics team did a great job defensively on Kevin Durant. I feel bad for KD because this is what I said. You guys will remember listening to the show. BJ, you'll remember I said it to you. They had him playing over 40 minutes against the Indiana Pacers on the last day of the regular season. They had him playing over 45 minutes against the damn Houston Rockets in the final week of the season to try to get a win. They had him playing over 40 minutes in the playing game to qualify for the playoffs. Of course he was tired when he got to the playoffs. I don't know what regular season everyone else watched. This man came off an injury, went straight back into the lineup, played over 40 minutes. He averaged over 40 minutes in his last 10 to 15 games. I don't see any other superstar doing that. I've seen all the other superstars around the league. They get in their rest. They're going into the game, building up a lead. Then they get the rest. Not KD. He had to carry that team on his back. I felt bad for the brother. I felt bad having to do so much. And now he's got the Celtics defense on his case. Of course he's tired. You can see him exasperated at the end of this series. I feel bad for KD. He deserves better. Because the rest of the roster, I don't even know. This is my problem with the Nets. They don't have any two-way players. They got guys that will give you offense. Seth Curry. Paddy Mills, Goran Dragic, but they ain't provide no defense. Bruce Brown, I guess, but the game plan was to let Bruce Brown score. If he scores 20 in a game, so what? Let's let, let him have it. What else you got? Andre Drummond. Don't get me started, BJ. We've had the Andre Drummond conversation before. <laughs> Don't get me started on Andre Drummond. 
feel like Andre Drummond's hmm. I'm not even going to get into that. And Nick Claxton did his best Ben Simmons impersonation. Zero from 10 from the free throw line to start this game. And then, of course, Ben Simmons. Couldn't make it to the game today. He hurt his back. My, my thoughts and prayers are with you, Ben Simmons. I hope the back recovers. Maybe next season you'll decide to play an NBA game. This year, me and him played the same amount of games. Only difference is he's getting paid $40 million. It's lucky for some. Most impressive he, thing he did all year was wear funky outfits to sit courtside. This guy got paid to have the best seats in the house to the NBA playoffs. I'm jealous. What can I say? I can't even say anything bad about the guy. He's living the dream. You're getting paid millions of dollars to sit courtside at the NBA playoffs. That's amazing. All you got to do is go to practice, shoot a few layups, make sure they video it. That's that. Oh, no, my back hurts. I'm not coming to the game. Okay, cool. That's going to be interesting. I, I don't know, though, with the Ben Simmons situation, who the hell was out here telling everyone he's going to return as if he's going to save everyone? That was never happening. That was never going to happen. I don't think anyone was surprised when he said he's not playing game four. He didn't want to play game four. He wouldn't have helped them. He would not have helped them in the slightest. So the Brooklyn Nets mm. got out of here. It's just a little, little good. So I want, I want to say one thing, though, before I finish my rant. <laughs> I want to say one thing. We got to give some respect to that man, Danny Ainge. Let's look at the Soics team. The Nets just got beaten by their own draft picks. Let's go back to that KG deal when he sent the old KG and Paul Pierce to Brooklyn for all of their draft picks. That turned into Tatum and Brown. They just went into Brooklyn and beat the Brooklyn Nets. Shout out to Danny on that trade. And then for drafting Tatum, drafting Brown, drafting Smart, drafting Rob Williams, drafting Grant Williams. Absolutely excellent. Now he has to go and suffer with the Utah Jazz. We're going to talk about them shortly in this show too. But shout out to Danny Age. Shout out to Brad Stevens, those trades at the deadline for, you know, Derek White. Trading to get Al Horford back on the roster because Al Horford had that year in OKC, get his legs back, came back better than ever. Getting Daniel Tice back on the team. Man, I loved it. It was fantastic. They move on now to the Milwaukee Bucks. I think the Milwaukee Bucks, for the record, win that series. But uh, that's the Celtics. I thought I'd have a lot more to say, but uh, I thought I was pretty calm for that one. Uh, are you done? I just wanted. Uh, are you done? Or? I can keep going all day. You want me? To, you always keep going. I can keep going. But you know, I, 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 I want you. I want you keep going. I want, talk to, hey, talk to hey. me. I want to know from you. I want to know from you. What stood out to you watching that series? Because I feel like a lot of people are just saying Katie struggled, and they're not giving the credit to the Boston Celtics for having a game plan, executing it. Jalen Brown, by the way, took over in the fourth quarter in multiple games. They were all close games as well. They weren't blowout wins. They were close games. And they closed it out with composure down the stretch. And the thing I heard before the series was, oh, but if they get into a close game, KD and Kyrie will take over and get you buckets. Guess what? They didn't. Guess what? The Celtics did. And guess what? The Celtics won. So here we are. Get the brooms out. Nets out here. Championship right. window over. Finish. Finito. Goodbye. Go home. Gulak. Well, what stood out to be more is the following. You know, as I've been watching these playoffs, you know, Mo, once the, the pandemic started, the game, the series, these playoffs, they looked different. I didn't know 
what it was going to look like once it went down there to Orlando and started playing. But what really has stood out to me more, more than anything is that the game takes on a new, a new flow with no fans in the building. What's become obvious to me more than anything over the last two years is leadership. And last year, Mo, I watched players play last year. And there were no fans yet in the building. Yeah. The game looked different. So you had, it goes to no fans in the bubble, to no fans in these home arenas. And then suddenly when fans got back, the game felt different. The game looked different. You know, not playing 82 games, the game to me looked different. This year, Bo, it's beginning to go back. But what has stood out to me more than anything is, is the following, where before you saw players, especially in the playoffs, they began to exhibit leadership. You saw head coaches. You saw general managers. You saw leadership. And watching this series, I saw a Boston Celtic coach really do an excellent job of displaying leadership. Now, Emmy Udoka, I want to really shine the light on him mm-hmm. is because we always talk about these things, right? This guy's the most skilled. This hmm. guy is the greatest scorer. This guy <laughs> is the best defensive. You know, all these things, Mo, right? You know, and I, and you know me, Mo, you know how I really feel about when you start saying the best. Listen, you know, just respect the game and you respect people who apply or ex- exhibit the effort and energy necessary and play the game with a level of courage to even be in the conversation, right? In any given era. But the thing that's, that I want to really shine is the leadership that was displayed by Emmy Udoka. Yes, sir. Now, Jason Tatum, you know, I've been watching Jason Tatum for a long time. Jason Tatum has been scoring ever since I started watching him when he was in high school. Mm-hmm. He could always, he, he, he's gifted. He, he, you know, there are, you know, people say, well, you could teach guys to score. No, some people just have a gift. He can always put that ball in the basket. You know, Bradley Bill, for instance, he may not do everything well, but he can put it in the basket. Kevin Durant is another player. There are some players who just have a gift. Jason Tatum has had the gift. But the thing that's really, I've watched him is people are going to say, oh, well, he's passing the ball better. Oh, he's doing this. You know what he's doing much better, Mo? Go ahead. More than anything I've done is he was challenged. That team has been challenged. And their mental toughness right now, Mo, to me, has my attention now. Because we always hear people talk about old school, new school. Mo, when you get to the playoffs and you get to an 82-game schedule, it's amazing to me, Mo, how the game always comes back to its essence. It, the it, true it's school. It's really a phenomenon. Oh, it's the true it's, school. Yeah. It's a fun, it's a, it's, it's like a phenomenon to me. Like, you know, everyone likes to talk about, oh yeah, this era, they shoot all the threes. Yeah. Okay. Maybe in the regular season they do, 
this era, they played tough and they was pushing each other. Yeah, they did. But, Bo, when you get to the playoffs, the game always comes back. Mm-hmm. It always comes back. Mm-hmm. Now, Coach Udoka, has this team playing with a, 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 a mental toughness that I recognize and that championship caliber teams, whether they're in the past or in the future or in the present, recognize and and this team right now mo this team right now okay they've won four games when i see young players have this type of discipline and this type of focus i start looking at where where are they learning this from okay they didn't learn it last year at the beginning of the season mo celtic nation was pretty quiet but this coach over there, because he was principled and he was disciplined and he challenged them mentally. They suddenly, Mo, went from a mediocre team. Worse than that. To the best team. They went from All 11th, in the same season. 11th okay. in December. 11th in the Eastern Conference. This is what I'm saying about Mo. This is what I'm saying. They went from a mediocre team to now suddenly... Perhaps statistically, you can argue that they are the best team in the league right well, now. Well, they had the toughest first round matchup, and they're the only team that's still undefeated in the playoffs. Okay. So, all I'm saying is this I don't know how far this is going to go because there's a lot of basketball to be played. But I have to acknowledge the following I have to acknowledge I've been very impressed with their leadership. Because leadership can come from the players. It's got to come from two out of the four places. It's got to come from the players, the executives, the head coach, or the owner. And right now, Marcus Smart in particular. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back. There's a couple things that I recognize. Marcus Smart politely called out the entire team. And I remember when he said this, yep, he we said, did an episode about right it. now, right now he called out Jason Tatum and J- he didn't dodge it. And he said, but someday they're going to get it. He's, I remember that was like, that's interesting. So he was like saying something, but he said, someday they're going to get it. And, and watching coach Doka and this staff bring this team along, to where they're playing as a group, I'm going, wow. Now, this is pretty – now I'm looking at this team going, they add a little depth to this situation. Mo, we're in business here. Will be the entire team. That's all I want to say. The, the team is under contract for next season, so they can add a couple free agents on the minimum mid-level exception, and they get even deeper. Because right now okay. we talk about depth. Let's let's look at the guys coming off the bench. Grant Williams did an amazing job on Kevin Durant, and he's transformed. Shout out to your boy, the lethal shooter, who's been working with Grant. Because I wasn't Grant's biggest fan coming into this season at the start of the season, but now he's a lock knockdown shooter from the corner. He's shooting that three baller like damn near forty percent. And on defense, he's holding his own against Kevin Durant, who else is coming off the bench. Well, we got a time lord coming off the bench right now as he's getting stronger, getting back his reps. And then we got Payton Pritchard coming in. Game three, he scored as many points as Kyrie Irving. Game four, you know, I don't he came get in too and scored far ahead. 
So, so I'm looking this at the is, depth. I'm happy with the depth. They're going to get better next season. Yeah, but, 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 Mo, here's the thing. Let's see how good this team could be this season. Yeah, when they play a real, this. real tough opponent. Not so let's get, 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 okay. <laughs> yeah, let's see how. Let, let's see what this team could get. I, I think Milwaukee's gonna be. And I, I just want to finish this by saying this about coach, and then, uh, and then I'm gonna turn it over to you because you should have. This is your day. This is your team. <laughs> you know. You know, we talk about both coaching and you talk about coaching players. And what I've been, you know, I, I, I've really been impressed with him, you know, and, and, and I'm going to give, and I know he's not coaching now, but I'm going to give Brad Stevens credit too for knowing that whatever he was saying, he could reach these guys the way Coach Udoka is reaching them. I got to give him credit, okay? Sometimes you get better by removing yourself or taking away something. You know what I mean? I, I want to give him credit for putting his ego aside for the better of the team. Because that takes that takes some guts to do. So I'm going to give him credit too. All right? And when you win, you deserve credit. But I will say this. To all these coaches and executives, when you, when you look at a great coach, and Coach Udoka look like he could be a great coach, you know, it's been three coaches that's really stood out to me in this playoffs. Willie Coach Green. Udoka for the Celtics, Willie Green for the Pelicans, wow. And mm-hmm. my man Jason Kidd, wow. Now, these three coaches have really, to me, displayed a level of leadership, Bo. And they're all the first run, year. I might first add. year coaches. Okay, okay, okay. Let, let me say something. You find out who someone is through adversity. Jason Kidd loses his best player. And wins two games, minus his best player. Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk about Willie Green later. has Willie Green has no coach. Willie Green, okay, Coach Kid. I gotta get put some respect on their name. Coach Willie Green has no business winning two games. I don't care if Devin Booker is not be, playing. It can be more than two. This is what I'm saying. It could be. It could it could be the, the biggest Phoenix surprise Suns ever. Suns are in a, now I picked the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns in a dog fight right now. Mm. Uh, this could, we had a three game series minus Devin Booker. Now I'm saying this: those three have really stood out. But I want to say this about Coach Doka. He's showing me what I've always learned when I played in that league. You don't coach basketball; you coach people. You coach people. And he's doing a great job. You can tell he's really doing a great job with the people. The basketball is just a a product or byproduct of what he's done to gain the trust of those players. Those players are playing more with a level of trust. Okay. You can see on the defensive end, they're connected. On the offensive end, they're connected. And when I see veterans like Al Horvath, Al Horvath looks like he's 25. Okay. I haven't seen Al with this much energy in his legs. I don't know what Al is eating right now. He's running the fast break. Whatever he's eating. Dunking. He's running the fast break. It's been unbelievable. Okay. So I'm going to give you guys credit. I just wanted to make sure I say that because you know what, Mo? When I see excellent leadership, I have to acknowledge it. And the floor is yours, my friend. Listen, I think that's a great, great way to put uh, respect on Coach Imeodoku. who's done a fantastic job. Another coach who has done a fantastic job in the last two games 
that he's coached is Nick Nurse of the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, because you gotta, you gotta give him credit. Things are getting a little bit scary for the Philadelphia 76ers, mm-hmm. who held a 3 0 lead, 3 0 lead. No team has ever come back from 3 0 down. And I'm telling you this Nick Nurse might have come out with one of the best quotes ever. Because if he can pull this off, he said, No one's ever come back from 3 0 ever. But if we win one, it's 3 1. 3 1's been done before. And they made it 3 1 at home. And tonight they made it 3 2. And now the Sixers are starting to doubt each other. Why do I say that? Here's a quote from Joel Embiid after the game. The reporter said, James Harden only took 11 shots. Would you like to see him take more to help the offense out that way? And Embiid says, I mean, I've been saying it all season since he got here. He needs to be more aggressive and be himself. That's not really my job. That's probably on the coach to talk to him and tell him to take more shots, especially if they're going to guard me the way they've been guarding me. But that's not really my job. But we all need to be better offensively. Missed a bunch of wide open shots, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Basically saying, Dunk Rivers, tell James Harden to shoot the ball a little bit more. Because James Harden's done a great job in the facilitating role. But that only works when the other guys are stepping up. If Tyrese Maxey doesn't produce the 30 points for you, you're in for a tough little spot right there. The Philadelphia 76ers had a horrible performance tonight at home in a closeout game they should have won. Now they've got to go back to Toronto and the Toronto Raptors can tie the series up. And once a team has won three games in a row against you, BJ, you can speak to this a lot better than I can. But I think the Sixers will be rattled if the Toronto Raptors can win that game six in Toronto and then head back to Philly for a game seven on a three-game win streak. You know, Mo, I I don't want to impart what happened last season and bring it into this season. Philly... Philly, they're up 3-2, and they should be feeling good about themselves, okay? Now, when you play in that league, Mo, if you don't have a short memory, you're going to have problems, mm-hmm. okay? Now, Mo, I'm going to say it again, and then I'm going to leave it alone. If you don't have a short memory in that league, you're going to have problems. Now, just... But a couple games ago, they were up. What they were up three zero. Yep. Everyone's talking trash, and I remember. I remember it, looking at this moment. Talking to Drake on the sidelines. Drake. He was talking to Drake <laughs> on the sideline. And Mo, when I see people get distracted, the job is not done. Yep. I, I remember people celebrating. Let the Boston Celtics. Let the Boston Celtics remind us. The job is not done. Mm-hmm. First team to four. Talk mm-hmm. trash to Drake after you done eliminated him. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Drake don't have to play. As much as talk he pretends trash, to. <laughs> talk trash after you've completed the task. Now, would a team beat you two games in a row? Okay? Now, you, now, you, now it's like... Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything can happen. Now, the 76ers, I'm concerned because the big fella, Joel Embiid, has a thumb injury. And he's playing through that on his shooting hand, I might add. 
They're down with depth. You know I'm a huge advocate of depth because you need a player to step up and give you a contribution that you didn't anticipate, a la Grayson Allen. I didn't anticipate for him to have a 20-point effort. But you got to get those type of contributions because that's what you need to win. You don't know where it's going to come from. You just need someone to step up. Now, you take Tybo out, who's probably or perhaps your best defensive player, so you're already down. Horrible offensive okay. play. He went one from six from the field today, and the one, he missed the shot, and the Raptors accidentally bounced the ball in off the rebound. Yeah. So they registered the shot. But he's your, yeah. hilarious. <laughs> so you need some type of contribution. Now, I don't know what they're going to do, but what I do know is they, they have to get back and figure out who's going to make this contribution because what I do know is Jabel Embiid is going to get 20-plus, or he should get 20-plus. He's probably going to get double-teamed. And I don't know, is it going to be Tobias Harris? Is it going to be Tyrese Maxey? Is it going to be James Harden? That's going to be the Robin to the Batman. If they can settle into that and get a contribution from George Niang or somebody to give them 10 points, because their bench was awful. Horrible. Nothing off the bench. Okay. Okay. So when your bench is bad, that forces Doc Rivers to play these guys extended minutes. The only thing that really bothered me was these guys were playing 40 minutes. If you're going to lose big and you're playing 40 minutes, that's not a good sign. Mm -hmm. So now let's get back. Let's get back to playing Sixer basketball. (laughs) This game is out. Okay. Everybody has a game like this. But if they lose game six, now it's anybody's game. Mm Mm-hmm. There's, there's a few things i got to say. The injury that Joel Embiid has is the same one Carl Lowry had when the Raptors won their championship on that finals run. Is the same one Chris Paul had on his finals run last season. So it's the playoffs. I don't want to hear the uh, his, his thumbs in. That's what I lose. The Toronto Raptors played without Fred Van Fleet today. Their all-star point guard wasn't in the starting lineup. Okay? They put a rookie at the point guard position. And they said, Scotty Barnes, you're a rookie. You're going to play point guard for us. And they did this without Fred Van Fleet, their all-star guard. Just think about that for a sec. They went into Philly and blew out Philly without their all-star guard in the team. They won the last game at home and the game before that, if I remember correctly, the Sixers won that, but they gave away a pretty big lead and almost lost it too. So, you know, I'm looking at this and things are quite shaky if that's how we're going to phrase it, um, you know, for, for the Philadelphia 76 So I'm interested to see how this series goes. I really want to see a game seven between them. I think it would just be amazing. A game seven between these two teams, because there's a trademark of Nick Nurse, really, because his teams always kind of start series slow, takes a couple games, figure it out. And then once he's figured it out, well, Nick Nurse, he starts working. His coach Nurse is a fighter. He's but, a fighter. But, but I also, so, I also, it's not just Nick Nurse, Masai Ujiri building this roster of the six foot nine long armed athletes that can just swarm passing lanes, give Joel Embiid all types of headaches, close out to shooters, the vision for the evolution of the game of basketball and how defense can just be affected like that. Masai Ujiri, fantastic job building this roster. And if they can win game six, I think Toronto has to take game seven because that's crazy. 
I, I, all I know is I've, I've seen James oh, Harden. I, I don't want to get. I've seen James Harden. Crumble. I'm not. I'm not depending on James Harden. I've seen. So Joel I'm not going to depend on him. I've seen Joel Embiid not come up big time too. But okay. I'm just saying the Philadelphia 76ers have to win Game Six. They have to. They have to. Okay, this is what I'm going to say. These players got three games to figure out which one of them going to step up. Now, it's obvious to me right now. So. James Harden, his game, okay, I can say this. James Harden is a very capable player. He's capable. But he hasn't consistently shown me this year, and you can go back to even say last year, that he is consistently going to get me 25 to 30 points on a nightly basis. He is... That's the one thing I'm going to say. But he's capable. James Harden is very capable. He's capable. Why is he capable? Because you know what? He can get hot. And they're going to get – Joel's going to get double teamed. You can put that in the books. Now, mm-hmm. what I – what they're going to need to win is they're going to need one of these players to play above and beyond – what we are expecting them to do. If Tyrese Maxey only gets 12 or 14 points, that's not good enough. If Tobias Harris only gets 12 or 14, that's not good. If James Hart only gets 14 points, that's not good enough. Somebody is going to have to play above and beyond so that they can free up the game for everyone else. That's just how this is going to have to work. So far, it doesn't look in this series, unlike the Toronto Raptors, they got like three or four guys that are all capable of scoring 30, 25, 30, 30 points. That's the difference. I don't know what James Harden's going to do. James Harden might score 12 points and they could win as long as Maxi scores 25 or 30 or Tobias Harris. So I'm looking at Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxi because James Harden looks like he's not capable of doing that at this in fairness, time. in fairness to him, he does not look like James Harden. I don't know if it's still the hamstring or whatever it is, but even watching him dribble and trying to tackle off the dribble, it's not James. Now, I don't know if he's just old or just out of condition or whatever it is, but he does not look like Houston James Harden in the slightest. Okay, so great point, great observation. Now, let me tell you every guard in the league, no guard in the league wants to play with the big. Why? Why? Why you don't want to play with the big? Okay, clogging up space because you can't drive the because you because the big like a Joel Embiid is where he's on the block. Okay, I will give you a little dirty secret about all of us little guards. (laughs) All of us little guards secretly don't want to play with the big who wants the ball. That's why all the bigs, Shaq, and all of these guys, they always get mad at the guards. Why? And when they really get mad, they just go stand on the box because they know you can't drive the basketball. <laughs> this is a little dirty secret. Unless you find a big nothing's like, wrong Clint with, Capella. Nothing's only wrong with ball. James Harden. The only thing that's James Harden, the only thing that's wrong with James Harden is the following. The middle is not open because in, 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 in 
in Houston, Houston <laughs> it was always five out and nobody was in the middle. Well, it's a screen roll. DJ Tucker was the center. There you go. This is that's all. Now James, James is a unique player. He's like he's a great player or great offensive player, but he's a specialist. He's not like he doesn't have like he's not tremendously versatile in how he scores. It's not like he scores because he can post up. It's not like he scores one dribble pull up. It's not like he scores catch and shoot. James Harden needs everything set because he doesn't have like great elevation. He's not like John Morant or these guys. He drives to the basket, he jumps over the top of you. He's clever. Mm-hmm. Now the space has broken down. Now he's the second option. And he hasn't made an adjustment yet to figure out how to score because he's not the first option. Mm-hmm. That's all. It's nothing wrong with that. And this is new to him. James Harden doesn't get 10 or 15 shots to get warm now. He misses four or five shots now. Doc is moving to the next guy. He's like, oh, he doesn't have it tonight. Mm. This is new to him. When well, he was in when he was in Brooklyn, that was new to him. Yeah, I'm okay. going to give James Harden credit because he knew to jump off the sinking ship that was Brooklyn. He was ahead hey, of his time. He saw it coming. We, we, we can, we can, everybody wants to be right. But you know what, 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 you know what it is. When everything gets tough, that's when you find out who's who. Mm-hmm. But do you know what's going to be hilarious okay, for me? Don't forget. But don't forget, he asked to get traded there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I will be hilarious And when it me. got tough. And then when it got tough, he jumped up. So if you know what, it's, if the Sixers lose this, spin on it. if the Sixers lose this series, it's a lose-lose trade for both teams. <laughs> Brooklyn out, well, Philly you know, out. It's a lose-lose for both of them. You, you know, every no, no one wants to win, or every no one wants to take an L. Okay, no one wants to take an L. But in in sports, right? Let's let's look at this series, or look at this trade. James Harden asked to be traded. Yes. Okay. And you know what? You know what stinks more? You know what stinks more is that when you get older, you know, you got to take some responsibility of what's going on here. You just can't keep jumping off the ship when it gets tough. You just can't keep avoiding the situation. Mm-hmm. And you know, Mo, all we're at and, and, and all we're asking Mo is to follow. Just show up and play. Yes. Mo. Sh- shout out to Ben Simmons. Play. Shout out to Ben Simmons too. But do you know who did show up and play yeah. BJ? Do you know who did show up and play big time? I'm gonna leave you some clues. This player, through his first 15 career playoff games, has recorded 499 points. 137 rebounds, 133 assists. Joining Oscar Robertson as the only players in NBA history. Oh, is this, is this those Luka? Numbers. Is this Luka? Of course it's Luka. Luka's 10th career playoff game with 30 plus points. 10 of his 15 playoff games in his career so far, he's had over 30. He's the fifth fastest player in NBA history to reach 10 career playoff games with 30 plus points. The five fastest players in NBA history to do so, Kareem 
took 13 games. Michael Jordan, Bob McAdoo, Rick Barry took 14 games. Luka Doncic took 15 games. That's pretty good company. And he absolutely eviscerated the Utah Jazz to take a 3-2 series lead for the Dallas Mavericks. It was it was one-sided. It was a disgrace from Utah. Um, he just absolutely bullied Rudy Gobert every time he took the ball into the paint with a series of ball fakes and fadeaways. Jalen Brunson was getting MVP chance. Luka Doncic was getting MVP chance. The Mavericks were hitting... You know, open shots. They were really getting it. Boban checked into the game late. The crowd was going crazy for him. It was a great victory for the Mavericks. It feels like the previous game, game four, where Utah won at home, that was kind of their, giving it all they got and they barely squeaked out with a win. Here, Dallas turned up the intensity, destroyed them. Now they head into game six, trying to close out the series. If not, it'll be a game seven in Dallas and, I'm not betting against Luka Doncic in the game seven, but I think they can do it in game six. What did you make of that Western Conference matchup from tonight? Well, I mean, the Dallas Mavericks were lights out. They were lights out. Like, no ifs, ands, buts about it. Coach Kidd has the pulse of this team. He's pushing all the right buttons. He's getting the matchups. He has players playing with an elite level of confidence. I mean, Jalen Brunson, wow. Spencer Dinwiddie, wow. Luka Doncic, I mean, the guy misses a couple games, he comes back, fits right in, wow. I mean, everything is, everything is working for them right now. Now, the thing that looks out of place to me is the entire Utah Jazz. <laughs> they just look no, they, shout everything to looks out of place Jordan Clarkson was trying to get it going single-handedly I felt like but <laughs> that, yeah I hate it just looks out of place like you know how you know how you know it looks at the end that's what it looks like to me mm. like it just looks at the end and you look at the roster and you look at you go okay Mike Collin that's a good player you know, you look at, you know, Donovan Mitchell. Hopefully he's okay. He looked like he pulled a hamstring or something. They, they got to move Collie to the bench. Okay. Okay. Then you look at Rudy Gobert, you know, he just looks out of place. And on offense, you he's know, so Bogdan looks. Bogdan yeah, had a stinker. But, but Rudy on offense, you know, we get onto him about his defense and guarding switch and whatever. But on offense, given that he offers you nothing except for basically alley-oops, that works out well at the end of game four. He had the game winning alley-oop. But in this game, it really limited what they could do. It really limited them in in what they could do with their offense, especially when the guys like Bojan is not hitting the three point shots that he would usually hit. But man, I I just want Luca to get those boys out of there. I'm ready for the next round because I don't know if it's going to be Phoenix or the Pelicans. I'm assuming it will be Phoenix, right? But they got to play Luka Doncic, and then the the Golden State Warriors and in, in their brackets got to take on the Mavericks, but then. The Celtics and the Bucks, the winner of Sixers, Raptors versus the Heat. This second round is going to be one for the ages. BJ, let's look at tonight's games and give them a couple predictions. Miami 3-1 up against the Hawks, trying to close out the series at home. You think they take care of business? Well, for knowing what they want to do, I think it's in their best interest to take care. Yeah, at home as well. Kyle Lowry is out. Yeah, at home. You know, Jimmy Butler, you know, that's the Jimmy Butler that we haven't seen really since the bubble. You know, mm-hmm. was, Disney Jimmy's back. Ultra aggressive. Yeah, he was he was ultra aggressive, played well on the road, 
really gave them a lift, played above and beyond. It was um, great to see Oladipo back on the yep. floor. And, um, you know, knowing what they want to do, take care of business. Atlanta looks like this is a team that can't compete when Miami brings it. Um, compete at the same level, I should say. So I think they should win that game. Okay. I hear you. I agree. They've got to take care of it. And defensively, Bam Adebayo has been exceptional. They've been, Trey Young likes to hunt for switches, right? And he'll hunt for a weak defender that he could pick on. But the li- the lineups the he put out, there isn't a weak defender in some of these lineups. So he's hunting guys. All right, cool. Now Jimmy's got him. Now Bam's got him. And Bam can keep up with him and lock him down. So I think that he take care of that. The Timberwolves and the Grizzlies tied at 2-2. They're back in Memphis in the grindhouse for this. Ooh, ooh. Tough call. I picked the Grizzlies, so I'm going to stick with the Grizzlies, right? Now yeah. we're, you know... I mean, for this so game, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, not for the series, this yeah, one game tonight. I'm gonna, well, I think whoever wins this game wins the series. How ooh, about that? Ooh. That's, that's whoever wins take. this game is going to win the series. Yeah. I'm going to pick the Grizzlies. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm concerned I, I, about one thing. They keep picking on John Morant. Yes. Okay. That's concerned. I'm, I'm I've got another one. I've got, I've got another one. Jaron Jackson Jr. foul trouble. I was looking at the numbers. I know you don't like to get into the stats, but I was looking at the numbers, right? When he plays the power forward alongside Steven Adams, his foul trouble is nowhere near as bad as it is when he has to play the five with Steven Adams on the bench. So Coach Jenkins made the adjustment by taking Steven Adams out of the starting lineup and not playing him. And Jaron Jackson Jr. has only been playing 20 minutes a night because he can't stay out of foul trouble. He's averaging like seven fouls per 36 minutes. It's crazy. So he can put Steven Adams back in to try and limit those fouls on Jaron Jackson Jr., but then that's trouble. The other thing, the storyline after the last game was the coach got fined for complaining about the referees um, in the last game. And... I don't know if the whistle is going to be extra harsh on Memphis, given those comments were very, very um, harsh to the referees. I don't, I wouldn't say harsh. I don't know how to say it without getting in trouble. Um, just go back and watch that press conference. Uh, but the final game, this is the hardest one to call. 2-2. They're back in the Valley of the Sun. But there is a burst of life in the New Orleans Pelicans, BJ. L's on Whoa. a holiday celebrating in her Pelicans jersey. Letting the whole world know that Brandon Ingram is about business. Do you think they can do it on the road in Phoenix? Well, do I think they can do it? They've they've done it once, right? Mm-hmm. They've done it once. Uh, I mean, that, that game was so, when Devin Booker got injured halfway through, so so they, that they, kind they, of throws they, off they, a little they, bit. But now they've got time yeah, to play. Have, no, well, they have the confidence now. They have the confidence. Now, this is going to be a highly contested series. Okay, and right now it looks as if Brandon Ingram, okay, here's another player. When you say another player going into superstar level, Brandon Ingram now, just like Jason Tatum, is peeking his head into superstar level. Okay, Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram looks like an all NBA player to me from this point moving forward. he, he, you know what's interesting about him? You know, we talk about, you know, you know, you know, these these players now, everyone is just versatile and you know, everyone can play multiple positions. Brandon Ingram has a position. 
He's a 6'10", two guard. <laughs> yeah. That's what he is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, I'm going to say this. Here's, here's a hot take. Hmm. Here, 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 here is here is a hot take. Okay, here here is my hot take for the for the, for the day. Brandon Ingram is a All NBA player. Okay, just like now, Jason Tatum. Okay, that, that, that's that's I, 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 Jason Tatum is levels ahead of Brandon Ingram. Uh, okay, that, that's fine. It, 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 I'm just going to say it before it happens, so that way. We can, you know, as you guys say, this generation can get the receipts. I'm not going to wait until it happens and then say, oh, I told you so. Brandon Ingram is an all-NBA player now. He will be first, second, and third team moving forward from this day on. Okay? But I would tell you who else is an all-NBA player on that team. You ready for this? Go ahead. Herb Jones is a first-team all-NBA defender. Yes. Okay. Herb Jones is an all-NBA defender as a rookie. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Now, I don't know about first team, but definitely oh, all-NBA defense. Oh, he, he is a – he is – every year he will defend at a level just well, he, like Marcus Smart. Every yeah, year – Yeah, 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 but, but he Smart can't be first team because Giannis and Bridges is will first be. Mm. But I hate. But he will be, he will be an All NBA first team defender at some point during his career. Just like Giannis, you could say could win MVP every year. Herb Jones will be in the conversation. It's like he's one of the better defenders. All right, one year he might be second, one year he might be third, one year he might be. He may reach that pinnacle where you're just saying, Herb, this guy is a rookie defending like this. Yes. He doesn't even know the league yet. And, and shout out to Alvarado defending on Chris Paul too. Okay. Shout out to him. But I'm telling you this right now. Between her on the defensive end and this kid, Brandon Ingram, as a 6'10", two-guard. He's a two-guard. He's like George the Iceman Gervin. That's big praise. Oh, he's nice with it. He's nice with it at the two. See, he's not a three. He he's a two. He's a bona fide two. See, man. I like this. Now, I like this lineup going into next year. CJ, Brandon, Herb, Zion, JV. Crazy. Crazy lineup. I don't know how that's gonna work. And the reason I don't know how it's gonna work is because of the fault. See, everybody's looking at, oh, I'm just going to put in Zion. When you have a superstar player, see, let me tell you about Herb. Herb can guard the twos and the threes. So that way, Zion, uh, not Zion, Brandon can guard, you know, he can guard whatever. Because Herb is going to guard the other team's best perimeter player. Mm -hmm. And the other kid stays out of the way see this is where i think zion to me is gonna mess everything you gotta make sure zion gets touches because zion can't just be a role player like the kid what's the big kid they got playing out there now what's the kid jackson name? hayes yeah jackson hayes. see jackson you need every team has a player like that like you need a jay crowder 
Mm-hmm. You just need a guy who's just, hey, man, he's going to do all of the things that we need to win. He's going to get all the loose balls. He's going to take all of the charges. <laughs> da, 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 da. Zion has to get touches. JV has to get touches. Yeah, I can't have JV and Zion trying to post up in today's game. Mm-hmm. Well, Zion plays yeah, like a ball handler. Like, that's, that's, Yo, that's hey, a whole... Hey, hey, we'll cross we, that bridge when we get we to it. We got a ball handler. We got to focus on this series. Yeah, we'll we, cross the Zion bridge when we get well, to I've, it. I've, I've, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, that's what, this is what I'm saying. This is what's is going to be a problem for me. This is going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem hey, for me. Hey, great players find a way to figure it out. Well, I would tell you this. I saw a player that got them to the playoffs. Okay. I'm just telling you. Okay. However, let's let's continue to move forward. All I'm going to say is this. Brandon Ingram is the real deal. And the Phoenix Suns right now, they in a fight. Mm. They in a fight. So who you got winning this game? In a real fight. Well, I'm, I, you know, I, I picked Phoenix. I picked Phoenix to win it all this year. Yeah, I but it doesn't, it, this is just for the one game. Game five. If you don't get it, nine times out of 10, if you don't win game five, you're going to probably lose the series. Well, I hope the Pelicans win. That's how this goes. We're going to be back here tomorrow of morning. Course you do. Of, of course you do. Of course you do, Mo. You say Why? these things. See how you just, yeah, because well, you see how you say these things and you're like, oh, no. But you know what, Mo? I say what things? Oh gosh, now he's gonna say. I say I say what things? You know the vibes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you not think that it would be peak chaos for everyone if the Pelicans just won this series? For everyone, Mo, it, Mo, it's gonna be peaks for every. Anytime you lose, I don't care if you. When you lose and you is 2-2, just because we thought one thing and da-da-da. What we know, Mo, is right now, if Phoenix loses, game five, they're going to be in trouble. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. Mm -hmm. That's how this works. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. We're going to be here tomorrow morning catching you up on the action from all three of those games that we discussed. It's going to be an interesting night, BJ. I'm going to be who do you in. hope wins game five? I Phoenix, hope, I hope the Pelicans win. I don't think they'll win, okay. but I hope they do. I love what they're doing right now. I love the underdogs coming out and winning. You just love to see it. You can't go against the underdog. You got to show love for it. You know, I'm, I'm going to be back Detroit's finest, Coach Willie Green. Uh, I got you there now, didn't I? I got you right there. I got you. I got you. Anyway, it's been an you evening. Know I'm you know I'm rooting for my people. You it's been an evening people. full of victories for me as the boss is so swept away the Brooklyn Nets. If you're a Nets fan and you're listening, I told you so. If you're a Dower and you thought I was crazy saying Celtics in five, I only said five out of respect for Kevin Durant. We all knew what was going to happen because over here on this side, we watch the games. I can't speak for everyone else in the media, but until tomorrow, BJ Armstrong Ooh. and I... We'll be back. We're going to be on the Sky Sports Heat Check. I suggest you tune in. I've got a few things to say on that. So make sure you tune in today. We'll be back here tomorrow morning, bright and early. And as always, get buckets. <laughs>